Hello, you're welcome to my Philosophy Minute. My name is Araba Steve, and today I want to talk about school palaver. I wasn't always the best of students during my school days. In fact, I knew nothing about anything the teacher ever said in class. Well, that's if I was even in class. Class was fun only when the teacher wasn't there, and the best part of school was break time. Sometimes I wish break time was all the time. Back then, I used to make jests of those who read during free periods and when others were out in the field playing football. Although they passed their tests and exams, while I barely got by. But who cared? Of course, it wasn't difficult to imagine that a couple of years later, I would spend four years of my life writing my O-levels over and over again. My best grade after an F9 was an F9. In fact, one of those years I did very well. I made a C5 in Yoruba and the rest of my papers were F9s. Hmm. Ordinarily, people would have thought that I had enemies of progress. People excel every day. People are successful in every way. So I decided if I wanted a change in my life, then I needed to change something. What I needed to change was me. I felt as though I got a second chance when I finally gained admission into the university. By then, those I used to make jest of back in high school had graduated. So I became a friend of the brilliant guys in my class, read when they read, slept when they slept, read before and after classes till it all became a rhythm, which I continued till the end. I graduated as one of the best 10 students in my class and now the rest is history. Success has a rhythm, excellence has a style, and life works together as a perfect system. You do not get a whole fruit just because you planted half a seed. It is indeed a cliche to say you reap what you sow. Good things may occur without much work, but great things require work, discipline, dedication, and investment. To make jest of the great ones is to repel greatness. To give up too soon when things are rough and tough is to attract mediocrity. This is my philosophy. If you want to be the best, then do what the best does, and the results will take care of itself. Hello, you're welcome again to My Philosophy Minute. My name is Araba Steve, and today I want to talk about the title, My Shoes Hurt. Most human beings wear some kind of footwear every day, and sometimes they hurt. Hurting shoes are signs of several reasons. Smaller shoes, bigger feet, hard leather, shoe fabric, or tight buckles. My shoes hurt because of what I call bobby shoes. When I was a kid, the common term for shoes that had their heels chopped off in peculiar triangular shape after wearing for a long time was called bobby shoes, named after the hairstyle of the hip-hop star Bobby Brown. I remember sitting in the porch of my hostel as a boy after sending a message home that my shoes hurt. My shoes embarrassed me as I felt everyone looked at it, or so I thought. With a sunken heart, I sat in there looking at the shoes of other students thinking to admire them, but what I saw was different. Most of us in the boarding house had problems with our footwears. For some, buckles were off. Some sandals had been made and remade by local cobblers. I saw footwears that somehow looked like spiders. Some shoes looked like runaway monkeys, you see. I sat down in that porch thinking I alone had shoe problems. But the truth was, I was the only one who sat down to brood over my problems. Therefore, it was difficult for me to consider doing anything else. In life, the perspective we choose goes a long way to determine if we make a success of our lives or not. We have to constantly remember that not everyone may have the same problems we have, but everyone does have issues that make them sigh. This is my philosophy. 
Problems are common to man, but rising above your problems makes you stand out well enough to help others with theirs. Hello, you're welcome to My Philosophy Minute. My name is Araba Steve and today I want to talk about R.E.D. Red. Not too long ago, I saw a movie sequel titled Red, meaning retired and extremely dangerous. In the movie, Bruce Willis played a retired soldier who could never be killed by any enemy. And no matter what they tried, he found a way to make them stop. Now, the color red means a lot of things to different people. To some, it is the color of love. It makes them stop and share moments with their loved ones. To some others, it is the color of danger that makes them stop to think of how to find help. To some, it is the symbol of seasons, Christmas, Valentine. And for some others, it brings memories of experiences not so good that brought about a stop in the season in their lives. Sometimes we leave our lives on the fast lane that we forget we need to have stop moments to re-strategize, re-energize, replan and regroup. We get so excited that the only need we believe we have is the need for speed. We need to stop to breathe, stop to think, stop to rebuild, stop to plan. Soldiers know this better and that is why they retreat even when sometimes they know they can win the war. Or sometimes we need to stop to let others go. This is my philosophy. Observe your red light moments. It may save your life. If you like this podcast, tell me about it on Twitter, at Steve Araba. Hello, you're welcome to My Philosophy Minute. My name is Araba Steve, and today I want to talk about See This Chicken. Watching my niece grow up, I remember there used to be a time we needed to keep an eye on her every time. It's either she was pulling something down from the TV to video machine, laptop, DVD player, CDs, anything pullable she pulled, and anything scatterable she scattered, as usual. It was necessary to punish her sometimes with the one punishment she hated more than being beat. Sit down there. It used to work like magic, because she understood the command and she reluctantly obeyed every time. After a maximum of five minutes, she sleeps off, and then the world can sleep too. As a child, she never liked chickens. They scared her for some reason. She would run and scream, clinging to the nearest adult in sight. After a while, I remember her father teaching her how to get over her fears. He would say, tell the chicken to sit down. Since it was a command that worked on her, she believed it should work on anything else. Sit down, sit down, she would say whenever a chicken was close. Of course, the chickens would run away and she would feel good. When she turned four, I remember her asking me, Uncle Steve, should I chase the chicken? I smiled because I remembered how it used to be a struggle calming her down whenever she saw a chicken. Just like my niece, our understanding of our chickens helps us to remain calm in the eye of our storms, to remain positive in the face of seeming adversity. In reality, some chickens are bigger than others, like some angry bosses, huge bills, dependent situations. But in perspective, there is nothing new under the sun. So, this is my philosophy. Nothing is ever as bad as it seems at first, only if we can be calm to truly understand them. Hello, I am Araba Steve, and you're welcome again to My Philosophy Minute. Today, I want to talk about my first cooking ever. Over two decades ago, my sister and I returned from school one afternoon. For some reason, my mother wasn't available. My three elder brothers were aloof, and so lunch depended on the super creativity of my sister and I. I was just seven years old, and my sister was eight. 
but together as a team we could conquer the world. We ransacked the store to see what we could find. We found some oil, some seasonings, salt, dry pepper, and some powder in a bucket. Great! We came up with the idea of making amala and stew. A few times we had seen our mother prepare it. It couldn't be that hard, we thought. Besides, my mother was just a woman, and I was a man. I boiled water while my sister made the stew. After some minutes, the spicy watery stew that contained only dry pepper and oil was done, while I still struggled with the amala pudding. I realized that no matter how much powder I added, the amala never toughened up. It was sticky and it was neither dark nor white in color. After a while, I stopped because hunger had set in. We set the table and with heavenly joys of great accomplishment, we settled to eat. The amala was sweet to taste and still ran fast to our elbows, but we ate with pride. Later that day, we realized that what we had made as amala was actually wheat flour, and the toilet experience after a bowl of dry pepper was worse than hell. Today, my cooking is still not the best, but I know the difference between yam and wheat flour. I know the difference between semolina and sawdust, and unlike many guys, I know the difference between vegetables and weed. We never know what we're capable of if we never try, or how far we can get if we never start. And we could never build our muscles just by thinking about gymming. If you have a desire and you want it bad enough, the least you can do is try. This is my philosophy. People who have made history are those who never feared to fail. Hello, you're welcome again to My Philosophy Minute. I am Araba Steve, and today I want to talk about moments. Seven years ago, I stood before a crowd of young men. I had been selected to do a valedictory speech. I shared some of my experiences about my four years in the university, some lessons I'd learned, some mistakes I made, and some great times I really had. Two years ago, I got a message from a man who had found me on Facebook, thanking me for the speech I gave that day. He happened to be one of my juniors back then. He still remembered the speech, and he described how my words had changed his life. Even I don't remember the speech anymore. It was just one moment in his life, 15 minutes. In perspective, we can look at our lives as an accumulation of moments, family backgrounds, schools we went to, friends we kept, places we worked, decisions we made, and words we heard, and accepted as truths, brief moments. We all know that we do not arrive at our destinations the moment we start the car. We take it on unconsciously, kilometer by kilometer, landmark by landmark, signboard by signboard. We just travel. However, we arrive at a destination. Who we have become today are essentially accumulations of those accepted impressions, informations from others and experiences. Those brief moments, those unconscious moments with just a stick of cigarette, just a wrap of weed, just a hangout with the wrong crowd, just one stolen kiss, just an exam malpractice, or just a cheat in the office. Everything but just a brief moment, including just a jump off a cliff or just a drive off a bridge. All moments are important and have summed up the very results we see in our lives right now. We have to become conscious of our everyday moments. And instead of life happening to us, we have to be able to take the lead role on the stage in which our lives play out. 
Many things might be occurrences, but not all things should be experiences. This is my philosophy. Watch your moments. Your future depends greatly on it. Hello, I am Araba Steve, and you're welcome to My Philosophy Minute. Today I want to talk about driving. A couple of years ago, when I started driving with my brand new Peugeot 504 navy blue police color, you know, all the big boy things, I liked it. But something was different about me. Whenever I was driving and somebody cut me off on the road, I got spontaneously angry. I'd want to holler a particular word or phrase that sounded like an abuse, just to express my anger. Well, days and months went by, and each time I would get back home to my little niece, Whenever she got me angry, the first words that came to my mind were the same words I'd used on others on the road. As much as I did not use them on her because I understood the implications, I started thinking, how much of our words do we sow as seeds every day in our lives? We may not use them on our kids, or not directly, but our kids may very well be in the same cars when we were hollering the words. Then these words become unwritten rules in their minds. When you're angry, use these words. And then we wonder why our kids grow up flippant to any system or rule that contradicts their own desire. And so, they say every driver on the road is mad, except you. But are you willing to stake the character development of your kids, and even yours, on the madness of other people? This is my philosophy. Drive responsibly. Follow on Twitter at Steve Araba. Hello. My name is Araba Steve, and you're welcome to My Philosophy Minute. Today, I want to talk about the weakness of a woman. Much of the ills of this world has been blamed on the seductiveness and weakness of the woman, and very much so. All these claims may be true, but are they? History and time itself has proven to mankind that the woman can be an essential tool in the framework of families, communities, and even nations. But how weak are they? 90% of sociology researches imply that if all the women in the community are extracted, soon enough, the community withers away by itself. I read once in a best-selling book of all time that when the first man was created, Adam, and he saw the first woman, his words were, Now this is the bone of my bone. And in contemporary terms, this is the B-O-M-B, bomb. Now, the bomb is an explosive device, which both can be useful and dangerous. We see it in the fragility of its existence, the potency of its ability, and the ambiguity of its use. This, I believe, is the understanding of the first man. Pull the pin of the bomb on yourself, and you shall have an immediate meeting with God. Pull it on the enemy, and you might win a war. Give the woman a vision and a direction and you might save your life and many more. Use her only to selfish ends, and you might as well count ten seconds. This is my philosophy. Handle the women in your life with extreme care. Hello, you're welcome to My Philosophy Minute again. My name is Araba Steve, and today I want to talk about fear of the future. My mother, from the stories I've heard, was a very tough woman before I was born. For some reason, my three elder brothers were born athletes. But in the absence of sport, they made serious trouble around the house. Boys would be boys, they say, but they were never in trouble for getting their coats dirty 
or beating each other up. They got into trouble for spoiling locks to doors, breaking window panes, glass doors, fighting in the barracks, killing neighbor's chickens, jumping off the roof, cutting their own hands with knife, teaming against the rest of the barracks kids in a fight. There were just three absolutely ras commandos. I heard my mom could beat each of them six strokes of the cane all in one minute. In fact, she would have started with the third guy before the first one realized that he had been beaten already. Sometimes it was a chase around the house. I heard she would push the dining tables to block the boys from running, jump and slide over it to reach each of them with the cane. She would throw the ninja gases to disappear from their front only to appear behind them. She was fast, really fast. She was faster than light. She was the Shaolin master. Recently, when asked why she was really that tough on them, the summary of all her answers was the fear of the future, fear that they might go wayward. Sometimes we build the focus of our activities based on our fears, for sometimes the right but often wrong reasons. It's like speeding on quicksand hoping that at some point it becomes a racetrack. The rule of the world says develop strength in the areas of your weaknesses, but the rule of success says Build more on your strengths. The fear of the future controls the way people live their lives and react to things and events. It is the same reason some of us are hooked on jobs we detest to keep the social class we struggle to belong to in order to leave shadow of the dreams we never had. Fear is never a gift. It is a crippling state of mind. It is the reason we scream in situations we believe we have no control over or respond currently in ways that do not help resolve the situation. But huge as the future may be, it is only a total result of actions taken now. If we must be afraid, then let our fears be that our strengths may not be known in its uniqueness to the world and cause us to work harder. If we must be frustrated, then let it be because we have refused to work on our goals and dreams. This is my philosophy. Fear cripples clear thought and paralyzes creative action. Fear only comes with perceived defeat. Hello, you're welcome again to My Philosophy Minute. Today, I want to talk about the phrase, He loves me, he loves me not. Much of the world's media today is directed towards the variations of one thing, acceptance. We ask ourselves questions like, Will my classmates like me? Will my guys hail me? Will my colleagues or boss appreciate me? We want to be accepted. We crave belonging with desire to be loved. And so we develop the skills of an acceptance merchant. We buy acceptance by giving acceptance. This leads to desperate lengths we go to show or prove that we belong. He loves me. He loves me not. The uncertainty of the expected and the certainty of the unexpected all hinged together in the decisions of another. Let us ask ourselves, how much are we truly worth? And then again, who is worth us? If you have to give away something true of yourself in order to prove your worth to someone else, then you would have succeeded in one thing, giving your precious jewels to pigs. So, when someone asks for your virtue or a puncture in your self-esteem in order to prove your commitment to him or her, think again. Is this piggy bank large enough to hold my savings? If not, they are not worth your time, money, or essence. 
This is my philosophy. I love me. Everyone else can catch up later.